welcome to the Vibrant Living Podcast with Stacey Harmer. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm a certified holistic health and life coach and passionate about creating a vibrant life. We'll have conversations about nourishing your body, heart, mind, and soul, discovering your purpose and passion, and sharing your gifts with the world. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 19, Gottman's Principles to Make Marriage Work. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast today. So good to connect with you. Well, I just returned from a fun getaway with my husband. Flew through the night, but our home and getting back to real life. We had time to just focus on us as a couple celebrating 36 years of marriage. Can you believe that? I can't. Oh my gosh. Even saying it, it kind of blows my mind. We had fun adventures, wonderful talks, spent time in the ocean. I was snorkeling. He was diving. We saw hot lava flowing from a volcano crater. Saw beautiful waterfalls, but had a few bumps along the way. Had a triggering conversation that let us work through a couple of issues. I always teach about the 50-50 of life, right? Life is great 50% of the time, and there is opposition in that as well. So if you don't have a hard conversation sometimes, how can you appreciate the good? Well, I came across a Facebook post the other day showing an elderly couple that looked so in love. It said, if you see a married couple still in love, Through the years, you may think how lucky they are, but in marital relations, there's no such thing as luck. They made many compromises. They overlooked each other's faults. They forgave many mistakes and endured many problems. They spent years learning to understand one another. Love has never been a matter of luck. It's mutual giving, compromise, shared dreams, care, respect, mercy, and patience. Ah, I loved that, right? Man, it's not just like having the perfect marriage. It is learning to compromise and get along and respect each other and forgive each other. So as I pondered what to do for my podcast this week, I decided I would focus on some principles in marriage. Since that is something that we've been focusing on as a couple, I thought it would be be current and hopefully helpful to you. This was my study in college, in my graduate program, but more recently, I trained as a Gottman leader. So today, and actually over the next seven weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of the principles from John and Julie Gottman's marriage workshop on the seven principles that make marriage work. So I got trained and certified in this program. I think that the Gottman Institute and John and Julie Gottman are the cream of the crop as far as marriage training and education go. I've had the opportunity to learn from them personally, attend their workshops, and got my trainer training um, for their leader workshops. So today's episode will be an introduction and overview. And then for the next seven episodes, I'll be focusing on each one of the seven principles to make marriage work. What makes the Gottman so incredibly unique is their approach and their decades of research and real life observation with couples in what they call the Love Lab. So the Love Lab is a mock apartment set up 
And behind the window, they are monitoring the couple's communication. They've studied couples for so long, for decades, not only listening, but they also are recording their physical responses, such as their heart rate, their breathing, all these different things, scientific um, study as couples communicate. And Gottman can make the legitimate claim that he can predict divorce with 91% accuracy after listening to the couples interact for as little as five minutes. That seems crazy, but he substantiated his scientific results as he followed up with these couples over years in three separate studies. But as interesting as it was for him to be able to predict divorce with couples, his desire was not to just predict divorce. His desire was to help couples have strong and happy marriages. He says that he was not able to crack the code to saving marriages until he started really analyzing what went right in these happy marriages. After intensely studying happily married couples for as long as just many, many years, he discovered the key to reviving or divorce-proofing a relationship is not in how you handle disagreements, but in how you are with each other when you're not fighting. So the seven principles that we will be going over the next seven weeks will not only guide you in coping with conflict, but it is the foundation of Gottman's approach to strengthen the friendship that is at the heart of any marriage. Gottman says that what can make a marriage work is surprisingly simple. Happily married couples aren't smarter, they're not richer or more psychologically astute than others, but in their day-to-day -day lives, they have hit upon a dynamic that keeps their negative thoughts and feelings about each other, which you know what, all couples have, from overwhelming their positive ones. He calls this an emotionally intelligent marriage. We need to be able to handle our emotions intelligently with each other. In fact, this is really a buzzword and has become widely recognized as an important predictor of, say, your child's success later in life. The more in touch with emotions and the better able a child is to understand and get along with others, the brighter that child's future, no matter what his or her academic IQ is. So the same is true for relationships between spouses. The more emotionally intelligent a couple, the better able couples are to understand, honor, and respect each other and their marriage, the more likely that they will indeed live happily ever after. Just like we as parents can teach our children emotional intelligence, this is also a skill that couples can be taught. So what does make a marriage work? When Gottman was studying and doing research on couples, it soon became apparent that these happy marriages were never perfect unions. In fact, some couples who said they were very satisfied with each other still had significant differences in temperament, in interests, in family values. Conflict was not infrequent. They argued just as unhappy couples did over money, jobs, kids, housekeeping, sex, and in-laws. The mystery was how they navigated their way through these difficulties and kept their marriages happy and stable. It took studying hundreds of couples until they finally uncovered the secrets of these emotionally intelligent marriages. No two marriages are the same, but the more closely he looked at happy marriages, 
the clearer it became that they were alike in seven powerful ways. Happily married couples may not be aware that they follow these seven principles, but they all do. Unhappy marriages always came up short in at least one of these seven areas and usually in many of them. So by mastering these seven principles, you can ensure that your own marriage will thrive. Like I mentioned earlier, for the next seven weeks, I'll be sharing and teaching on each one of the principles and practical tools and steps you can implement with your spouse to develop and strengthen each one of these principles. But the heart of Gottman's program is the simple truth that happy marriages are based on a deep friendship. By this, he means a mutual respect for and enjoyment of each other's company. These couples tend to know each other intimately. They're well-versed in each other's likes and dislikes, personality, hopes, and dreams. They have a true regard for each other and express this fondness, not just in big ways, but in little ways, day in and day out. Kalman says that friendship fuels the flames of romance because it offers the best protection against feeling adversarial towards your spouse. And that is one of the ways that quickly destroys a marriage, feeling adversarial towards each other. So this happy couple's secret weapon of reinvigorating friendship doesn't prevent couples from arguing. Instead, it gives them a secret weapon that prevents quarrels from really getting out of hand. So one of the secret weapons for emotionally intelligent couples the Gottman teaches is called a repair attempt. And I tell you, understanding this is so huge because we all have conflict. It's just part of being human. But are you willing to humble yourself and go back to your spouse and repair what was wrong? Wrong. It doesn't mean, like I said, that the couple doesn't have conflicts. A repair attempt simply prevents negativity from escalating out of control. Couples may not even know they're using this powerful tool, but when a couple does have a strong friendship and regard for the other, they become experts at repairing when needed. Even though my husband and I were in the spot where we had our honeymoon 36 years ago, and this vacation was amazing, we had a few bumps while spending those 10 days together without our children. All couples have conflict, and we will cover that in upcoming episodes. But once there is conflict or disagreement, rather than having the relationship go sour and more negative, a repair attempt is made by the husband or wife, and it is a way to remedy the situation. I got to put that into practice after a misunderstanding on our trip. For me, it was simply writing out my feelings, taking responsibility, humbling myself a bit, apologizing and seeking forgiveness and then moving forward. A repair attempt is the opposite of what Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is when certain kinds of negativity run rampant and they are the heart of a marriage collapsing. A repair attempt is a way to get the relationship back on course. It's the opposite of the four horsemen, which are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. As humans, it's easy to slip into these negative and destructive behaviors, but simply being aware of them and the spiral of negativity that they bring is super helpful. 
So let's just spend a few minutes and just talk about each of these horsemen. First is criticism. You'll always have some complaints about the person you live with, but there's a world of difference between a complaint and a criticism. A complaint only addresses a specific action at which your spouse may have felt. A criticism is deeper. You're adding some negative words about your mate's character or personality. So here's the difference. I'm really upset that you didn't sweep the kitchen floor last night. We agreed that we'd take turns doing it. Well, that's a complaint. Or this is a criticism. Why are you so forgetful? Or you just don't care. A complaint focuses on a specific behavior, but a criticism ups the ante by throwing in blame and general character assassination. So just watch that. The second horseman is contempt. This comes in the form of sarcasm or cynicism. It may be name calling, eye rolling, mockery, and even like hostile humor. In whatever form, Gottman says that contempt is the worst of the four horsemen. And it's poisonous to a relationship because it conveys a disgust. Contempt is fueled by a long simmering negative thought or thoughts about your spouse. You're more likely to have such thoughts if your differences are not resolved. You know, and that goes back to that repair attempt. Number three is defensiveness. This is when one of the spouses start defending themselves, which seems natural if you're on the receiving end. But research shows that this approach rarely has the desired effect. Being defensive is really a way of actually blaming your partner if they bring up a problem. It's like you're saying, the problem isn't me, it's you. Defensiveness escalates the conflict. Okay, horseman number four is stonewalling. This is when a partner just tunes out. This may be one partner is getting met with criticism and they might hide behind their phone or scroll, or they might just get up and leave the room. This is when the partner simply disengages. They may want to avoid a fight, but by turning away and tuning out, they're also avoiding their marriage. So over the next seven weeks, we will be focusing on what does work in a marriage. We know that the four horsemen don't work and they tear down a marriage. So it's important to be aware of them. Common discovered that in the strongest marriages, husband and wife share a deep sense of personal meaning and just purpose, a sense of purpose in their relationship. They don't just get along, but they also support each other in their hopes and aspirations and build a sense of purpose into their lives together. So I'm just going to ask you, what is the meaning you are creating in your marriage? Having shared meaning as a couple is the icing on the cake of a relationship. And you'll see it as the pinnacle of all the principles that Gottman teaches. You'll see in the coming weeks how each of the principles build on the other. But this shared meaning is the seventh principle. So your action item for the week is to do something to deepen your friendship with your spouse. Plan a date, carve out time to talk, write him or her a letter, Send a sweet text. Do something to deepen that friendship. Okay, I'm excited to spend the next seven weeks with you and dive a little bit deeper into our marriages. Thank you so much for attending today or tuning in. So also, listen, I want you to mark your calendar 
and save the date for May 14th. Our Vibrant Living Wellness Conference is well underway in the planning stages. It's going to be an amazing event. This is an interfaith conference focused on the holistic nourishment of yourself, family, and community. More details are coming, but we'd love to have you there, hopefully in person, but we'll also having a, be having a virtual option. We'll have lots of inspiring speakers, music, connection time, a sound bath meditation, service project, resources and ideas to make positive changes in your life and the lives of your family, loved ones, and community. So mark that date, May 14th. Thanks everyone, and we will connect next week. Bye-bye.